Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Joining me today is one of the show sponsors, CEO of Relay, Julian Linegar. This is his second time on the show. And you know by now, plebs, if you are in Europe, Relay is the best place to start DCAing. Fiat cost averaging, excuse me, not dollar cost averaging. Euros or Swiss, what do you have? What is your poison? Because it is poison. Bitcoin isn't. So change that poison for the hardest money our species has ever evolved onto. And this is what is happening right now. Use Relay. Very, very good app. No KYC and you have the wallet right in your phone. We go through all of this in this interview and much more. But please also remember, you do need to take control of that once you've got it. I know it's on your mobile wallet. Get it on a hardware wallet. Use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition from shiftcrypto.ch, another Swiss-based company doing great things in the Bitcoin space. More Swiss Bitcoiners. That's what we need because they make immensely good products. We all know that. The Swiss-made meme is for a reason. It works. It's trusted. And these guys over in Switzerland are doing a great job. If you're in the US, make sure you're stacking with swanbitcoin.com. Use forward slash bitten. That will kick you off with a free 10 bucks to start your stack or add to your stack if you've already been stacking on a different service. And then if you want to get across to the biggest Bitcoin conference that will ever, ever have been in 2022, April 6th to the 9th, use the code BITTEN at checkout to get yourself a 10% discount on all of your tickets. All of your tickets, by the way. General admission all the way up to Whale Pass. So if you want to ape in on the Whale Pass, go for it. And know this. It's fully transferable and come the time of the event, you'll be able to sell any of your tickets for more. There's a very active after sales market or you'll get a full refund at face value if you cannot travel due to COVID. Let's do the episode with Julian. Enjoy. All right, guys, uh, welcoming back to the show, Julian Linegar. Julian, great to see you again. Hey, hey, Daniel. Thank you. It's good to see you and Laurie again. Laurie, you grew you grew quite a lot from the last time we, we spoke. Do you remember? Well, I didn't the first time because my dad was like, it's this, it's this, this guy. And just like, I'm sorry, I've interviewed so many people. So <laughs> <laughs> can, can you give me more information? And it's starting to come back. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, it's a long time ago. It was more yeah. than yeah. Well, I I just found the original episode, and it's like almost a year to the day, man. It's right. time flies in Bitcoin. So world. crazy. What was the Bitcoin price then? It must have been like ten k or something. Let's have a look. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I always price stamp the uh, episodes. Let's have a look. Right. I I do I do think it was slightly above ten k. What do you think, Laurie? Sorry? What was the Bitcoin price one year ago? Do you remember? <clears throat> no, I don't really keep track. 
<laughs> right. I mean, the price is really also not relevant that much, right? Uh, I've had like uh, 2020 or 2021, it was like it really was, cool. It was like going up, going back down. At the so. point I released it, it was $12,982. All right. And today, for the listeners that are tuning in, let's give them uh, right now $62,091. I mean, Look at that. So if I just hit the one year, since we last spoke, it's up around, give or take, 430%. That's a nice return. Yeah. In, dollar term, <laughs> in dollar terms. But then again, like, what, what's the dollar still worth, right? That's, <laughs> this is the question, right? Exactly. It's up 430% against an asset that's just being completely inflated away. Right. Uh, so, you know, what, what, do you, what do you measure? Just the height of your stack, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, it's still interesting because it shows the how how the phenomenon phenomenon Bitcoin really gains traction. You know, I mean that's that's for sure that more more dollar asset flowing into into Bitcoin. That's what it measures, and then you measure it with an inflating asset, which you can you know uh, argue whether or not that makes sense. But definitely, what it shows that there's more and more activity into the Bitcoin uh, network, and it's not only. You cannot. You can also measure this with other uh, things like on-chain analysis. You know, um, there there are more uh, active addresses. Uh, there are more. There's more mining power. There's, there's a lot of uh, other things that really show that in in this year that we uh, spent now uh, since we last talked, um, there's more, there's been so much more activity on the on the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah, huge amounts. Okay, Lauren, go for it. We're 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 ready for your question. Okay, so my question is, why did you decide to come back on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, because last time was so bad. Like, what? <laughs> I'm just asking because like... it's a good question. It's a good question. I did not know what question was coming this time. It's, uh, usually fine, we have right? a little prep, but she's like, no, I'm going to go for it. So she's getting braver. I love it. Mm -hmm. I think I just wanted to talk to Daniel again. <laughs> that's that's certainly one one reason. And also the second one is I think it's really one of the best uh, Bitcoin focused podcasts, uh, at least in Europe, maybe even in the world. Um, you know, your dad really interviewed so many great people and he's such a good moderator and interviewer and so many cool people are listening to this podcast. That's why it's an honor always to be here. And I thought, you know, after a year, uh, why not come into the podcast? And also... We have a really a lot of news to tell to the Bitcoin, to the European Bitcoin community. And I think that's a very good uh, way to do it through this, uh, through this podcast. Oh, very kind words. Very nice, huh? Mm -hmm. Thank you. And of course, thank you for you know, supporting the show from, from early on in your, in your journey as well. It's very much uh, appreciated. Love helping you guys out. Uh, I know some plebs out there that are listening have, have found you guys through um, through the podcast and are very happy with your service. Uh, see a lot of feedback in the uh, in the support groups and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's always a pleasure to to help these. I mean, any of these projects that are being started, right, by the plebs and and, and just trying to build this thing out and uh, make it more accessible for everybody. So yeah, it's uh, it's an honor. Right, same to you, man. It's uh, it's good to to be able to at least give a little bit back. You know, we try to, even though we we're not this huge uh, company yet, we're only a little bit more than one year old, right? And we're not making like 
huge amounts of money, but we're making a little bit of money. And with that, we, we try to give back to, to the Bitcoin community, which is all just a, a community project that is that is growing with the projects that are involved uh, into it. And we, we kind of live from the Bitcoin community because we also, we also want to try to give back uh, more and more so. Also, since we raised quite some money, we can spend some of this to, to give back and try to try to feed the community. So that's why we support some selected podcasts for example like yours some selected influencers as well on youtube you know who are doing their content um, and education work on youtube uh, also actually core developers we're, we are sponsoring um, uh, with a little bit of money really a little bit but still uh, we're sponsoring jonas schnelli who is uh, who is uh, one of the swiss core developers um, working on the actual core of of the Bitcoin blockchain, which I think is is the most uh, on the Bitcoin source code, which is I think one of the most uh, important um, uh, works, right, to do. And uh, we we cannot do it, like at least I cannot do it, and the team cannot really do it. Um, but we can uh, uh, support the guys who are the geniuses who can do this, and I think that's uh, that's important. So whenever you you know someone of your listeners maybe also has has an idea how he can bring bitcoin forward uh, we might uh, we might be able to support this as well with a little bit of money love it mike love it did you have any further questions uh no um bye it's nice to see you again um <laughs> i hope you have a good pos- podcast and yeah bye thanks laurie bye bye have a good one yeah thanks mate well the yeah like i said that that year has just flown us past and right. you you mentioned about a raise uh, i wonder is that part of the big news or is that already known to everybody what um Ooh, or should this we... is cold coffee man this is cold coffee <laughs> yeah all so right yeah, we, had a, we had a raise in so we started raising early this year and we closed the round uh which is kind of our series a some would the, the VCs would like to call it a seed round, but we called it a series A, you know, doesn't really matter. Um, we closed the round in, I think, May officially this year. Uh, we also announced it through Bitcoin Magazine um, and other uh, outlets. So we raised two and a half million uh, Swiss francs, around 2.7, 2.8 million US dollars from quite big um, VCs. So our lead investor is Red Alpine uh, Ventures. Um, they are an active early stage fintech startup um, investor, institutional investor uh, from Switzerland, but they're investing basically the whole in the whole world, Europe uh, as well. They also have good connections to Silicon Valley startups and VCs. For example, they invested in N26 and other like well-known um, fintechs. Uh, and yeah, they, they're a really cool partner. They helped us to, to get this wrong together. So with that money, uh, obviously, as said, we, we tried to give back something to the community. We also basically uh, um, grew the team, um, grew the company, uh, invested a little bit in growth and a lot in product and legal and compliance setup and insourcing our own broker, which is kind of our own broker license that was in the news as well. Um, but yeah, now we have basically worked uh, our asses off with this money for the last half a year and uh, have big news um, for the last uh, two months of this year. Then we'll come up with, uh, with very cool stuff next month. All right, cool. But before we get into that and, you know, what, whatever you're allowed to tell us, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to hearing about that. I, I got a question about the VC landscape at the moment uh-huh. in the space. 
probably not so many years ago, to take VC money on could have been a little bit of a uh, Faustian bargain because obviously they're looking for their exit, right? And they get mm. caught up very easily in the shit coinery and, and whatever else uh, because it's all bells and whistles and move fast and break things and we just want our money back and whatever. Has that changed, that sentiment? Or have you still got to be very picky with the partners? Uh, you know, are there, are there partners out there looking for purely Bitcoin only funding? Um, do, you, do you ever foresee pressure to kind of diversify in air quotes uh, into into other projects that you obviously have no interest in? What, what What's kind of the, the feel out there at the moment? Yeah, definitely. So I think there's so much money uh, VC money in fintech and crypto, crypto finance, how they call it, um, and Bitcoin being a small part of it in their perspective is a big uh, is a big thing. So it's this very hot sector. Um, so a lot of money goes into into fintech. A lot of VC money also goes into crypto. And there, um, I, there are not many who are really into this Bitcoin only thought yet. I guess most of these fintech VCs, they are looking for the latest blockchain, DeFi, smart contract, NFT, ICO, uh, bubble thing, because they know there is short-term money to be gained. And I mean, VCs are still quite short-term. Uh, they, they, they are looking for an exit within two to five years, usually, traditional ones. Um, and I mean, they're not really to blame. I mean, they're only looking at numbers and the DeFi sector is going crazy right now. I mean, there, there are projects where you can make so much, a shitload of, of, of fiat money in the short term. Uh, there's a lot of volume to be made. I mean, Coinbase, for example, uh, being a very uh, clear VC crypto case, I guess. Um, and also Bitpanda, for example, the, the Coinbase of Europe, uh, they, are, they are VC cases where uh, they, they do more trading volume with altcoins than with Bitcoin. I mean, it's a fact. Uh, so there's a lot of money to be made and where there's a lot of money to be made, there's a, there's a lot of VCs jumping on it. Um, so that means for a Bitcoin only startup that uh, as we are, you need to be very, very picky. And there are um, Bitcoin only and lightning, like Bitcoin lightning focused VCs. Uh, we have one of them in our cap table, it's Fulgur Ventures. They have a very nice portfolio. Like if you look at their portfolio, they invested in every cool Bitcoin startup that you can imagine from like uh, Amber, you know, in uh, Australia to Blue Wallet, um, to Casa, um, to, you know, very, very nice, cool um, uh, Bitcoin only and lightning focused startups. Uh, but there are very few of them. Most of them are kind of uh, into the crypto craze. Uh, which is fine. There is, there are some who kind of are open to get educated about it, or like to to get also to 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 be open at least for the idea, Bitcoin only, and listening to you. That's, for example, the case with Red Alpine. They were in kind of the crypto whole crypto uh, space, and they in the conversation with us, they kind of um, started to like the idea or started to jump on the idea that Bitcoin could actually be the only thing that will be relevant in ten years. Uh, from all of this. And that's why they kind of aligned with our vision um, to really only go for Bitcoin. And, and we, we spend a lot of time explaining them, but they were also very, very open to this idea, which a lot of you know, uh, VCs are not because they only look for the short-term trading volume, basically. 
um, they are not. They're really uh, in it for the long run with us as a company and with, with the whole Bitcoin as a sector, as an ecosystem. Um, and that's why we also decided to go with them. We also said no to a lot of money um, because it it was was not aligned with our, our strategy and our vision because you know we had a lot of offers here take my half a million or a million but integrate at least ETH or at least Solana and it's a couple of big next things right uh, then we give you the money and we're like uh, obviously it was, was tempting um, because with this money you can do a lot you can grow the team you can do a lot of good things for Bitcoin as well but in the end, then we um, fortunately found enough cool partners who really aligned with our vision, with our pure vision. And so we, we had the luxury to say no to, uh, to some other money that would have interfered with, our, uh, with how we see the world evolving. Yeah, that, that's encouraging to hear. I, I was at least there are some out there that are, are willing to do that now, right? Um, you know, it's a stark warning to any of the other um, young companies out there or people that are launching. You know, this uh, it, it feels great to get that funding, but then you are giving up a lot of decision making mm -hmm. to that to those people to that group of people, and they do hold a lot of power. And this is why some projects end up just getting derailed or, or going down the the line of nft or whatever it's going to be next year you know yeah, yeah. imagine that a year ago a year ago we've never even said those three letters yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> look what that's become like uh, it's just ballooned into this great big ponzi of people buying pictures yeah. of apes on the internet <laughs> like what the hell's going on I, I honestly <laughs> like think, i honestly think it's a trap um to as a business to be opportunistic in taking on VC money when whenever you know you always have different VCs who, who have different ideas and if you try to take all this money um, then in the end you have like four VCs with four different um, value sets and four different visions uh, and the one the one wants to push you to one side the other wants to push you to the other side and in the end you're stuck and that's why focus is so important. And having having actually a, a character as a startup, as an organization, having a, a value set that is clear and the vision that is clear, and basically then you 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 uh, laser you you laser cut out everything that does not align with this vision. Only take in smart money that does align with this vision. And I mean, this is so easy set and so hard so hard to do that's why you see so many 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 startups basically fail because they end up in this trap which i totally understand we were very close to do this as well but i'm very happy um that that we didn't because right now we really we can do we can push uh towards this direction without any um um without any uh confusion basically through other uh, other influences so talk us through it the moment you saw with your own eyes that the money had hit the bank account <laughs> what was your emotion i was i was pretty rational it was pretty cool i was just relieved that the whole bureaucratic horror had an end <laughs> really you can imagine i think last time on the pod we talked about how hard it was for us to get a bank account Yes, I think you'd gone through like 50 plus different banks in Switzerland to find a partner. Oh my gosh, it's such a mess. Um, just to get a bank account, which was not even a broker account. We're actually now in the process of getting a broker account, which is next level again. 
but maybe later to this, but like even a bank account just for us to pay salaries and taxes and bills took us like months. And it was, ah, it was such a pain with so many documents to, to fill in and data to, to give up and, and meetings to have. And, you know, such a pain just to get a bank account. And now imagine uh, onboarding four different VCs and doing all the bureaucratic stuff for that, which is already from, for a traditional startup is a big pain. Uh, but then imagine to actually get the two and a half million from four different companies in the world. Like they were not all, only one, only, only two of them were in Switzerland, two of them were abroad. To get this money then to, um, to this bank account and all the checks that need to be done and all the, you know, plausibility, where does this money come from and what is this money used for? And, oh, this is a Bitcoin company that doesn't do KYC. And <laughs> this was a big mess. So that's why when I really saw the two and a half million, and we were back on our bills because obviously we started raising in January and normally we, I mean, we, we thought, you know, we, we would uh, be able to, to do it in Q1, maybe by the end of March, maybe April. And in the end, it was end of uh, May or even beginning of June. So we're behind on our bills. You know, we just really needed this money. And then, so I was just very, very relieved when I finally saw this two and a half million, which is a big number, but it's just, you know, it this this didn't really uh, hit a lot of endorphins or something in, in my head. It was just, it's just really a release. Oh, finally, I can pay. I will be able to pay salaries for another year and you know I can pay all my bills and or at least the bills of the company. It was a big relief. It was not like, oh yeah, champagne and cocaine and party. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's for fiat startups, not for Bitcoin <laughs> right, startups. Right, right. I, I, I bet the bank must have been uh, pretty proud of themselves in the end for taking the, the chance on you guys uh, and seeing you grow over the last year and a half and and having that money finally hit the account, I mean, that that's, you know, kudos to them for, for, for stepping up. Yeah, absolutely. They were really, um, they were cool. They're also a very small local bank. Um, they're not like one of the big ones. So that's why maybe they really have a familiar uh, relationship with us. And they really basically took, a, yeah, they, they took a shot. Uh, it was a venture for them as well, because I think we were the first Bitcoin company that they onboarded. Usually they onboard SME, like local SMEs, the local barbershop and like these kind of big, uh, businesses, you know. And so to onboard uh, like this, this tech startup and Bitcoin, they have no clue about Bitcoin and stuff. It was always clear from the beginning that they said, okay, that they were the only one who actually wanted to listen to us because we said, you know, we are a Bitcoin company, we're doing Bitcoin business, but everything that touches this account is really like, it is separated from, from Bitcoin. The only thing is we are uh, pay, we are taking uh, investment uh, funding from VCs in fiat. And then with this, we pay taxes and bills and, and salaries. That's the only thing that happened. Nothing Bitcoin related because all the Bitcoin related stuff was, was with our broker. Um, and so that they were the only ones who just wanted to listen to us and understand this because then it's no, it's zero risk for a bank, zero risk. And uh, that, that was cool. That was really cool uh, from them. And um, a very nice, a very funny story maybe also in this, uh, in this relation. Uh, well, the first time I, I tell this uh, publicly also is um, when when the two and a half million hit, obviously my first thought <laughs> was, okay, how much of this are we putting into Bitcoin now? <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, Just a pin. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, as I said, it was May, June. So it was, uh, it was another time from a pricing perspective. And I thought, so 
some of this money we will need immediately, some of this we will need shorter, but also sh some of it we will only need mid to long term. And this would absolutely make sense to put this amount of money um, into Bitcoin. And we only just hired a CFO then, uh, which is great. Uh, uh, Maurizio is a great CFO uh, who helped us a lot to professionalize the business and our accounting and everything is really, really important also from a legal you know, compliance point of view. And we are our own regulated broker now. So we needed to have a very strong CFO, which we have now, which is great. But then obviously the discussion was between me and him what do we propose to the board, to our board of uh, five people, some of them investors, some of them founders and stuff. Uh, what are we going to do with this money? And I said, you know, one big chunk should just go on the medium to long-term savings technology and I suggest Bitcoin. And he was like, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. It is too risky, like from a liquidity point of view and blah, blah. And, and we don't know, like we, the, the, the investors and the, the board, they want, you know, predictability and it's too volatile. And you know, he comes with all of this traditional finance shit. And I was like, yeah, but we, we, we are a Bitcoin startup. So we need to be credible as well. And we need to, you know, uh, walk to talk basically. And, and all that. So these discussions went on for days. And in the end, we decided, okay, you make a proposal, one slide, and I make a proposal, one slide, uh, what to do with these two and a half money in terms of uh, where, because there's also uh, negative interest rates. Uh, from 100K in Switzerland, you pay uh, between half a percent and a percent negative interest rates. So that's, it's unbelievable. It's actually, and, and there's inflation and all that kind of stuff. The, yep. It's not just a game, right? It, it, it makes sense, in my opinion, from a business perspective to put, some of your holdings of your cash holdings into Bitcoin. Um, so I made a proposal, he made a proposal, and we uh, presented it to the to the board. And uh, I had no chance. So <laughs> I, I presented, I wanted to put one million out of these two and a half into Bitcoin, basically immediately, and, and leave it there uh, for until we we need it, which would only be in half a year or a year from from then. Uh, and then he proposed this like, oh, okay, we open like three banks account, we put it there and put them, then in the end we will pay like 15K or 20K of uh, negative interest rates and blah, but it's, you know, we minimize that and, uh, and, and then we get a low risk set up and then it's all fine. Uh, and they all voted for this. So it was, it was, it was I'm one of the board members, so it was one against four. Uh, so we basically oh, actually, we're not putting any any of it into Bitcoin. And now every day, because we're at a new all time, right? every day yeah. I remind uh, the CFO in the office that did you, did you calculate what would would have happened if we actually listened to me? <laughs> oh, do you calculate? <laughs> not really, but I, I mean, we would have doubled it or something probably. Mate, <laughs> this is how early we are mm -hmm. when even as a Bitcoin company, you have to try and persuade the board, let alone like like Apple or, you know, whoever else. Right. You know, it's um, that's, that's why it's so special to see Sailor do it yeah. uh, because he had that those special voting powers. Yeah. Um, Musk as well, obviously, uh, you know, owns a majority of the shares. It's, there's, you know, yeah, listening to your story makes you realize how early we are again like that we are so damn early yeah that's actually that's actually a good point man we, we're a bit from imagine imagine all these traditional companies that might have one or two bitcoin ambassadors ambassadors basically in-house but then they have to go to these all these committees and boards uh, and, and trying to 
convinced and this will take this will still take years until like we will have broad adoption amongst companies even though we have first big corporates of fortune 500 companies we have first nations who actually are adopting bitcoin still until this hits abroad the broad masses in terms of um, not only retail but also institutions this is still it's going to take a while <laughs> that's why it's so important that you know the work that's being done to get the like you said the smes like the the rest of your um uh, like your account managers kind of business suite yeah it's the local barber it's the butcher it's uh you know the the restaurant it's the cafe it's the the cinema mm -hmm. you know like getting these businesses in first because they can move quickly and beat all this uh kind of regulation that's what's so great about this and we all know that you know listening to this now but um all right cool Great story. Thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, keep plugging away. You never know. They, they might come around. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, so. I think so. Like every, uh, what I could do is I can remind the board every every quarterly meeting that we have <laughs> around what we what we missed out. Well, well, how much did you even draw down on the uh, on the original two and a half million? That that million wouldn't have been missed, right? It, it... What, what do you mean? Did How much did you draw down on that investment? Like um, the... Yeah, how much did you buy? So yeah. far, uh, we're close to a million now. So we still have quite some way to go. So, so, so you're holding what you would you would have just been flat, and you'd have had all of the um, yeah, all of the upside. We're holding fiat uh, and and losing losing purchasing power um, <laughs> on inflation and banking fees and negative interest rates every day, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but who am I? Who am I? I'm only I'm only the CEO of a company. I can't really do anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what I can do, I mean, what I can do, what is important, I think, is um, you know, I can make business decisions. Obviously, from like the running business, I can decide what what happens with revenue and with marketing and budget and stuff. But I need where I need to ask like all the other shareholders, which is also fine because they own. I'm not the only owner of the company. They also own a piece of it. It's like these big as um, decisions, like what are we going to do with two and a half million or one million. I mean, these things I need to ask the, the board and the, the owners, the, the other owners of the company, which is fine. But what I can influence is, do, do we take our revenue, for example, in fiat or in Bitcoin or in gold mm -hmm. or whatever? And I decided to, or we in the management team, we decided to take this in Bitcoin. So what we actually do is we raise and spend fiat and we earn and hold Bitcoin. That's kind of our model. And that also Excellent. works really well. So we do have some Bitcoin on, on the balance sheet just through revenue, fortunately, at least. They Excellent. <laughs> Good for you, mate. All right, nice warm up. Um, what, what can you share with us? What, what, is, um, what is coming down the, uh, well, actually for those people that are listening, we should actually talk about, you know, what is your core product? What is Relay in case uh, any of the plebs are like, ah, wh wh who are these guys mm -hmm. and what do they actually do? Mm -hmm. Sure. So this is uh, very easy. Um, Relay is the world's easiest Bitcoin app made in Switzerland. That's our goal. We are live in all European countries now. Uh, we have app downloads in 40 different countries in Europe, mostly in Germany and Switzerland. So in the German speaking area, but also in you know, every other country. Um, and what we do is we wanna make Bitcoin simple for everybody, like for the taxi driver, for the hairdresser, for people who are not interested actually in tech and finance and stuff like that, but 
who are um, in need of, of the best savings technology, obviously, because as said, uh, saving with fiat is, is not really, uh, that doesn't really make any sense in this financial system that we, we live in now. Um, and for example, in Switzerland, uh, we have a high savings rate. So 20% of the income that people earn, uh, they save, but where do they put these savings? Um, two third, like two third of the people are putting interest on a savings account, which doesn't pay any interest. Like it's the interest rate is like 0.00001%. It's actually negative from 100K onwards, uh, up to 1% negative. Uh, and they pay inflation in Switzerland. It's okay, it's like one to two percent, but in Europe it's like four percent. In US it's like five to six percent. Um, and so that's the problem that we want to solve. We want to give everybody easy access to Bitcoin. So with us, you can basically just download uh, the Relay app, and within one minute you can start buying your first Bitcoin. Uh, you can also set up a savings plan. You do not have to create an account or uh, put any uh, personal information or even you know, uh, register with your ID or do any KYC AML verification, really nothing. You just download the app and you say, I wanna buy 100 bucks, maybe one time or, or on a weekly basis. And then you set up your purchase, your savings plan, and then you send the money from your bank account and you get back your Bitcoin into your wallet. So Relay is also, a Bitcoin wallet. You don't need anything else than the Relay app. You can uh, also send, receive, and store your Bitcoin non-custodially on your phone. Uh, no one except you has access to it. And obviously you can buy and sell directly from your bank account from 10 bucks already. So it's really for everybody. That's kind of the, the basic uh, product. And this uh, still remains the same. This is, uh, this is our core thing that we do. Yeah, excellent, mate. And I'm a user myself, as you know, um, took a little bit of time setting it up, but that was the French bank account side of, but uh, ever since then, it's been uh, been plain sailing. And yeah, I just love it. Every time uh, I just check, well, here we go. Some more dropped in. That's really nice. And uh, yeah, of course, Bitcoin just keeps doing its thing. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's great to be uh, it's great to be a customer. And uh, I'm happy to recommend uh, the, the service to anybody. Uh, so no, come on in. Let's get there. What's been going on? And yeah, now as I said, we, we grew quite nicely. So we started, um, uh, we, we went out to the market mid last year, so July 2020. Um, and I think right after this, I came, I came to your podcast. And uh, we so we uh, grew quite fast at the beginning with very, we, we only raised like 20K of funding. So basically nothing, we, we don't have any money, but we had a product that worked on the market. So we, this allowed us to, to raise more money, to also spend some more on marketing. We implemented a referral program that works very well. We have now like 15 to 20,000 ambassadors who are you know, running around on social media and sharing the codes and getting more people into Bitcoin, which is great. And they earn something, uh, uh, some stats uh, with that as well. This uh, uh, together with um, the, the bull run that we have had uh, end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, helped us to grow quite quite massively. We we now are um, more than we have more than thirty thousand app downloads in 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 whole Europe. We do like uh, over two million in um, Swiss franc and euro uh, monthly volume. We now have a team of uh, twelve people. By the end, we will by the end of the year, we will be fifteen people. And this, as said, also allowed us to. 
to, to raise some significant money at the beginning of this year, two and a half million. Uh, we have some venture capital guys behind us now who, who push push it even more, like give, give us more power. And um, and yeah, so what we did now with this money with, with the goal was really to, from this MVP that it still was, like it was still kind of a crappy product, you know, it was still, you know, two guys just putting it together in our cellar and putting it out, which is great, but it's still, there, there was still a lot of bugs. It was not really scalable. Uh, the technology we had to build, we had to actually create a company, we had to build the organization, we had to build a team around it, we had to make it be more professional and everything. Um, and so the big goal with this money now was to make this next step. So being scalable from an organizational, legal and technical point of view, having a great team together, also setting up systematic marketing and branding, you know, everything. Um, and mainly also we want to, wanted to acquire our own broker license, which we did last uh, month. So we now are our own broker. That means that we are not dependent on third parties when it comes to brokerage. We can do the brokerage ourselves. That means that we can also get you know, lower um, in, in, in fees. We can actually guarantee best uh, execution rates. So we can actually get the best prices, which we are not quite sure with, with our uh, other broker that we have had before um, and so on. And we can also, um, all the technical implementation that we want to do, like new features that the users are asking for, we can really implement them way faster because we're not independent on third parties in, in technical implementation and development anymore. And so, uh, yeah, that's basically what we worked on the last couple of months through the team. We grew the team and the team is really uh, working their asses off. It's really amazing to see. And 1st of November, actually, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but 1st of November 2021, uh, we will release what we call Relay 2.0. So we will look and feel uh, uh, way, way different. Um, it's, we will have a new branding, like a brand refresh. It will, everything that touches the eye of, of the community and the users will look differently and really fresh and really nice, like from the social media communication, the website, the app itself, uh, the blogs, like everything that touches the eye of the user will, will really look way cooler. The app will be even simpler. Uh, there, will, there will be a new front end, um, stuff like, you know, putting in the, uh, the reference message, for example, which, which caused a lot of user pain points will be gone. You can just, uh, say how much you want to buy. You can send the money, and you, it will it, it will uh, it will work. Um, so the app will be easier. New UX UI design, um, uh, and the fees will be way more attractive. And I can say here, if if you don't, I mean, you will release this probably in a couple of days. So that's fine. I can already tell you, uh, it it will be uh, a fee as low as one percent. Um, right now we're at three percent, two and a half. If you have a referral code, now you can actually go get down to one percent uh, fee, and no fixed fee at all, and best price guarantee, um, which is a way better uh, offer that we could, could do before. And for November, December only, we will have a zero fee promotion. So basically, it's going to be half a percent fee, but if you have a referral code, it's going to be zero percent. And the ambassadors are still earning their uh, referral payments. So that's kind of an investment that we do to really uh, push the referral program and give everybody the, the possibility to, to buy their first Bitcoin and try out the app for free. Mate, that's awesome. That is really, really, yeah, brilliant. The, I, I got a few questions about becoming a broker. Um, 
how do you manage that? I, I, I'm wondering, do you do you take a position yourself in Bitcoin and use that pool to to act as an OTC desk, or are you plugged into just way more liquidity providers than you were before, or a mix of both? Yeah. Uh, so first, we start with um, connecting to other liquidity providers to exchanges. We are now connected to um, FTX, Kraken and Bitstamp, I believe. And then we're onboarding more and more uh, later on. That's just the, the, the setup we start with three exchanges because that's, that's already that already allows to make a best execution actually. Um, but uh, we will have more exchanges as well, like uh, Coinbase, Binance, Bitfinex and all these guys. Um, and, that, and then the, the more volume we will have, the more we will also take own positions. Um, at the beginning, we just basically wrote through all the um, uh, all the orders and batch them in like four different batches per day, and then pay them out. You know, um, the the more volume we will have, the more we will also take basically the risk and take some uh, an own liquidity pool of Bitcoin and fiat on on our books. And then what this allows is we can be faster. Um, and we can also in, in, in the payouts because we don't have to run to the exchanges all the time. And also we um, can do kind of some, some trading be, be, uh, beneath. So maybe use the volatility also to, to make some money, not only from the, um, from the customer's fees, but also from, from own trading. And also um, we can then uh, kind of match, you know, internally like relay users buy and sell orders, you can match them directly on our platform uh, and then save on, uh, save on uh, fees. So that's kind of the plan that more, the more we grow in volume, the more we will also have uh, own positions. Yeah, interesting, because how do you feel about the next, I don't know, nine to 12 months, certainly, uh, some kind of liquidity crisis, uh, you know, the way I, the way I see it, it, it just feels as though there are too many big players kind of lining up. They got Bitcoin in their sights, like we were talking about earlier. They were waiting for these sign-offs from you know whoever the you know the board members, and then the next tranche down, and a tranche beneath that, and then finally you get the green light. But if two or three of these happen at the same time, and if you know we're coming into um, earnings season as well, if another company, another corporation announces. The FOMO just kicks into a whole new level. There's a finite amount of Bitcoin out there. We know that. Mm -hmm. And we know the hodlers aren't selling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's just going to be a price explosion to the upside. Um, do you guys lose sleep over that? Kind of, uh, you know, if your users are trying to scrabble for uh, for Bitcoin and you can't find the, the liquidity, is is that something in the back of your mind? Or do you think um, the providers are in place and there's, there's going to be no problem? Yeah, I think um, the liquidity is actually very good. It's, it's better than many traditional assets uh, and it's 24-7. Um, which is also different to traditional ones. I, I don't believe we will have, if, if not like really something extreme happens, like for example, the hyper Bitcoinization or the hyper inflation of, of USD, for example, yeah. and like everybody just tries to, to wrap their um, hands around Bitcoin. 
then I think it's it's fine because the liquidity is really you is pretty deep. And in if you if you are not just betting on one horse, like if you just only connect to one exchange, yes, that that can be that, that we saw that before that even big exchanges like Coinbase, Binance, and Croc, and they had liquidity crunches. Mm-hmm. But if you are plugged into at least three different ones and also hold some some of on your own for like the really uh, urgent case. I think it's fine. Um, and and we also still see quite some, the higher the price, the more sell orders as well. So I think it's not going to go away uh, that the people who think, oh, this is the top I'm going to sell. You will always have these people, even people, and that's, that's actually interesting, even people who are familiar with Bitcoin, long time into Bitcoin, actually, actually are hodlers or actually are like, you know, OGs, they still sell sometimes because they they think you know now the market is overheated and I do sell uh, some of my coins and maybe buy back later or buy real estate with it or diversify it into some other assets like gold or whatever. I think there will always be trading in both directions and it will really take a lot of of buy power of, of, of buy pressure to. Um, to cause a liquidity crunch, in my opinion, but I'm maybe also not like the ultimate expert on this. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one to watch. Um, really, uh, well, no, it's great that you guys have got those other three providers. I think you were using Bitty before, was that right? Yes, we were only using, like Bitty was really our, our broker and now we basically insource the broker. So what whatever Bitty did for, from, for us and they basically did the same, they were plugged in into some exchanges and uh, did the, 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 the fiat to Bitcoin change for us. That's why we didn't have to be regulated because they did all the, the, the actual uh, backend work. Now we're basically just insourcing this to us. So we, we basically replace Pity by our own solution. But we will still also have access to Pity in case, for example, we need some more liquidity. Mm-hmm. We can also always go back to Pity. What's the kind of number one request from the, the plebs out there that uh, want to see change on the app or with the service? Or um, all yeah. the the top couple. What, what what's what's the feedback yeah. you're getting from the marketplace? Yeah, it was it was also it was always um, the so we have basically two user groups or three uh, like two big ones. Ones are the, the the Bitcoin remnants, like the Bitcoin enthusiasts, the Bitcoin guys, and then uh, the bigger the, the the majority is is newcomers, right? And so we don't really hear a lot from the newcomers. They really like what, what they have. We get a lot of feedback, which is good, from the Bitcoin uh, uh, enthusiasts. And those guys always, the, the number one request was they want to have a direct external stacking uh, option. So they not only wanted to be able to stack sats on their relay wallet, which is a mobile wallet. And at one point, if you if you amass some sats, uh, obviously you want to put them into a hardware wallet and then have to do another transaction and pay another transaction fees. Um, so they wanted to have this directly into their hardware wallet, which we now actually uh, implemented. It's not perfect yet. It works with every, um, uh, every hardware wallet. It works. You can now uh, put up a savings plan directly to your ledger or whatever. Uh, but it's a it's a little bit complicated still, so it's not uh, the perfect process yet. You still need to make a signature and, and all that kind of stuff. We will be able to automate and improve that a lot over the next couple of uh, months as well. But still, we have it now, and and people are actually using it. People are actually really happy with it. That's that's cool. So now the second one is the fees. 
that everyone says like even even the newcomers in in some countries not really in switzerland because swiss people don't really care about prices but for example in germany which is our biggest market like a lot of people are saying hey guys this is amazing this is exactly what i was looking for you know simple solution all out of one hand swiss quality and trust and everything I want to use you, but I'm not going to use you with, with this price. Like 3% plus fixed fee was just too much of them, which I totally understand. And that, that's fees on on what? On on the purchase or withdrawal or a mix of both? What? On the purchase. So whenever you do fiat to Bitcoin or Bitcoin to fiat, uh, then you would pay 3% plus a small fixed fee as well, independent of the amount. Which is which can amount to a lot. Like if you sell only if you buy or sell only ten bucks, then the fixed fee would already be one box, so like ten percent, and then another three percent, which is obviously very high. That's I totally get this. Um, but we couldn't really do anything about this because we were uh, dependent on our external broker, as said before. Now with our own broker, we're way more flexible in this. But that's why um, we will, as said, be, be able to do no fixed fee and 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 one percent uh, fee, which is very competitive to other uh, other uh, uh, services out there. So I think uh, hopefully by the end of the year we really have both of these uh, highest user requirements uh, solved. But there are others. Uh, there there are so many. We also have our roadmap um, open on on our website, and there you have a form where everybody can. Uh, can put in uh, the ideas and uh, wishes and needs uh, that he or she has. Um, and we're also, you know, open as usual to, to requests and suggestions on social media, on, on our Telegram groups, WhatsApp groups, whatever. We get a lot of, a lot of wishes and feedbacks and uh, we, we're working constantly on them. I mean, it'd be remiss of me not to ask, and it's a, a two-word question, when lightning? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, lightning is actually also a big one. Um, we wanted to have it uh, by the end of the year. We were looking into it um, as part of, we wanted to spend a big chunk on our investment on, on making us uh, lightning ready, uh, mid beginning and mid this year. But then we did an analysis and unfortunately in our, our setup, we, we and the lightning network were not kind of ready to, to, to get together. Um, so you need to imagine we are, so once we have the own broker, um, for us to be, to have a lightning world, obviously is easy. And then also to connect to some exchanges who are lightning ready is easy as well. But the hard part is we have thousands of connections, um, to our users who all have a non-custodial wallet on their phone, right? And then what we would need to do is we would have a big liquidity pool of Bitcoin, um, on our side, Lightning, uh, and then need to set up a payment channel, also a Lightning wallet for all of these thousands of users and then a payment channel to all of these users. And because they are not on the Lightning network yet, we need to bring them on the Lightning network, which is always, um, uh, we, we always need to start with the first channel. And there, obviously, you need to pay an on-chain fee for every channel is already you know times 30,000 40,000 is already you know uh, a cost and then you need to top it up with liquidity and you never know how much a user will spend right so let's say the the, the average monthly um, uh, payment of a user or investment of a user is around 150 bucks 
what do you what do you top it up do you top it up for let's say a year then it would be between one and a half and two k per channel times thirty thousand you know? um, and then that might not work because uh, maybe someone will just invest one k and then another k and it's not enough so then what we would need to do is to close the channel and open a new channel because you could not reload uh, so far, I think there, this is in the works. This will this will work at one point, but not yet. So we would need to close the channel, pay another on-chain fee, open another channel with another with another random uh, liquidity in it. We we don't know how much this person will spend, and so this is just some some technical um, and also legal challenges because it actually counts in in Switzerland. Lightning actually counts as custodial, and we're not allowed to to be custodial. We also don't want to be custodial. Right. So this is also from, from we would need another license, basically, depending on how we would solve it. So you see that's just the complexity pretty quickly gets pretty uh, massive, and that's why we kind of deprioritized it for the moment. But it's obviously it's obviously going to be there at mm. one point. Once, once lightning and we are ready to implement it, and we are talking to like the big guys in in the in the scene um, with mainly Blockstream, but also uh, Lightning Labs, and they are developing amazing tools for exactly kind of the customers uh, that we are. So non-custodial wallet providers and brokers. And um, I think next year should be definitely the year. Uh, hopefully, Matt, I mean, the lightning we, space is moving so damn quickly. I know, and it's a, it's a necessity. It's a necessity. Yeah. At one point, we will not be able to roll out Bitcoin to the world without lightning. I, there's already two or three groups out there, like uh, Rings of Fire, Plebnet. Uh, you know, at some stage, somebody's going to, all the dots are going to align, and, and a service is going to be like put in place to for 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 companies like you just to plug in. Yes. Like they'd have yes. done everything, they'd have built everything, and you'll just have one channel to that, and uh, then everything else gets handled. The the other thing that, I mean, I think just might, you know, completely set you guys apart, and I don't even know the legal sides or aspects of this or ramifications, how or how easy it would be to even implement when people make, let's say, for example, somebody's been DCAing, hundred bucks a month, it's got up to a thousand uh bitcoin's done its thing and you're like mm, i would actually prefer to have that now in my hardware wallet so you go and withdraw what would be the chances of at point of withdrawal the coins on um fr from the wallet go through a coin join before they hit the hardware wallet hmm. that i mean technically that would not that would be quite easy would you not would you not face any kind of regulatory yeah, backlash yeah, yeah, yeah. because it might be seen as you know yeah. washing coins mixing yeah, coins most likely uh so technically very feasible very easy um and legally i don't so right now in switzerland actually whenever you have bought your Bitcoin and got it under your possession, like in your non-custodial relay wallet, for example, you can basically do whatever. Right, it's left Switzerland, right? Basically. Yes, you're under the radar. Like I mean, all, like all of my DCA from relay is 
you know, it's in a phone that's outside of Switzerland. They, Even if it's within Switzerland. Uh, right, they wouldn't know where it is. They they wouldn't, and they also wouldn't care mm -hmm. what you do afterwards with it. It's really like, it's like cash. Mm -hmm. they, they can't know, and they even don't want to know what you're doing. So basically, I think it would actually be legally possible as well, because... Um, uh, whether wh whatever you do afterwards wh whether you uh, send it to someone so your family or you buy some something online or you put it into a coin join and, and into cold storage that actually from a regulatory perspective that doesn't really matter i think there'd be a lot of plebs interested in that and i think that would elevate yeah. relay to i mean the fact that you guys don't even ask for id and whatever else and you know you you're as close as to non-kyc as any app or any uh, other service out there, right? Um, this would actually be interesting to know because that's not like a big topic that came up so far from the community. I I, I read like CoinJoin here and there, but I think those who are interested in that are already kind of doing this with the, they work they go, they buy it on Relay and they go through Wasabi or whatever. And yeah, they, yeah. And, uh, the, the, the hardcore and guys would definitely be set up for that. Uh, somebody like myself, I I I've looked into it. I've tried it a couple of times. Uh, you know, it's for whatever reason, I don't know, it's just an, an extra step for me to to get going. But if there was an, you know, if, if I hit withdraw on my Relay app and it gave me the choice, do you want, you know, this to go straight to your hardware wallet or do you want it to go through a coin join first, at like X fee? I'd, mm -hmm. I'd hit the coin join. Mm -hmm. I would definitely because mm -hmm. it's saving me the hassle of you know setting up like a running dojo or something else and spending all that time and all that money trying to figure it out you know getting to grips with another wallet uh whether it's uh, wasabi or um or samurai you know i don't want to shill any um particular one sorry plebs those that have got your favorites and if i'm not doing this justice let me know <laughs> afterwards mm -hmm. but i think it's definitely a like i said i would be interested if you were to implement that every time i would withdrew from relay i would put that through a coin join and then i would put that on a separate hardware wallet that would be just clean or coin joined or well pulled mm. coins whatever you want to call them uh because for for many of us that have been in the space for a while the stack's kyc right the whole damn lot of it is kyc mm -hmm. um i would be interested in that and i would also be very interested in hearing from from the community like what uh whether this would be something they think we should work on uh, because i think it would be it could be implemented very easily but then there's a big question that arises that that bothers me for a couple of weeks now or months and i want to ask you for you because you have also uh, experience in that like let's say you do this um and then you kind of have your private um bitcoin who are totally uh disconnected from kind of the kyc traditional finance world right which is great uh, as long as you stay within the Bitcoin ecosystem. But once you want to make a big purchase, so, so a lot of people are getting quite fiat rich now with, with Bitcoin and they have some holdings. And I bet a lot of them don't really have the, the whole trace of how they acquired the Bitcoin anymore. And maybe some of them also didn't tax their Bitcoin. Um, and, and now they maybe want to buy a house with it or or a car or, or a, like a big thing or, or one just want to put some of them in into the fiat world again because they're like 99 into bitcoin and they want to diversify at least like 20 to 30 percent of their wealth in 
stocks or, or, or real estate, which, which is not the most stupid idea maybe. So how, how do they do that? Do you, did you think about that a lot already? Because I start to think about now that we have a broker and we have actually people asking us for exactly this service and we could do it like legally now, because, but, but what I see now, what we need to ask them is crazy for like these big amounts. Like if you start talking about millions of USD and tens of uh, like dozens of Bitcoin trades, then you, you really need to let your pants down, man. Like you need to give all your personal information obviously and then you also have to give a whole lot of information from where exactly you bought your first bitcoin and i mean maybe we have like 10 to 15 uh, different accounts mm -hmm. on mount gox and on kraken yeah. and on diamonds and wherever and we bought some bitcoin here and there and we sold some here and there and then maybe we, we went some shitcoin road uh, for a half a year and then we went back to pure bitcoin and then we consolidated it to one hardware road and maybe to another hardware road so you don't have the documentation of all this but you need the documentation of all this if you want to buy a house with it for example right so how the fuck are we going to yeah, I mean, you just basically, I think, described m many people's stack and how that looks like, right? I think we've, uh, well, I certainly got, you know, UTXOs on there that were, uh, were bought from companies that don't even exist anymore. Right. Like, you know, it's, uh, and like you say, switched into Ethereum and Dash and Litecoin and then switched back into Bitcoin. God knows how I even did that. I can't even remember. Yeah. So, yeah, if you come to, if you do, I mean, it's not if, when we get to this point where you can buy that house or you, you know, whatever it is, that you, or the land or whatever that big purchase is that you're looking to make, because the smaller purchases, it's not going to matter, right? It's going to be over lightning and whatever. Um, mm. You could probably even be buying a car on lightning, you know, in, in five years or so, I would imagine, um, mm. going to, that'd be interesting, you know, how, where, where would the ceiling be set? Um but yeah, for those big ones, like, yeah, right. I want the half a million euro or half a million Swiss house. And the, the broker or the direct sale are willing to accept Bitcoin, but they're only willing to accept Bitcoin on certain terms that you can trace it back X amount of hops. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. And is a coin joined coin going to be worth more or less to them are they even accepted right because for these big trades and i think i believe also for these big purchases you need to um have you need to prove where the funds are from i think also to, to be honest you know what i think i've just answered my own question i think people are gonna be so fucking desperate to get their hands on bitcoin they're not gonna give a fuck <laughs> They're not gonna care. Then the governments will give a fuck. I mean, the the regulations. You, you can't buy you can't buy a half a million Maserati with cash, for example. Right. You need to prove you need to prove where these funds are from. Yeah. Otherwise, they won't sell you a Maserati or or a, or a house. And it doesn't matter whether you pay whether you. Which if you think about how crazy that is, right? How crazy that is. Crazy. That if you That's walk in and say, right, I've got the whole 500 grand right here. Can I have the silver one, please? And like, nah, -uh. and then the guy walks in next to, and he's like, I've only got 200 euros, but can I buy that thing on finance? You're like, yeah, where do I sign? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
because the other one could be a drug dealer. That's the thing. That's the, the, the reasoning behind it from, from the government's point of view. Obviously, there are other reasons behind that, but this is the this is the argumentation. Oh, this guy could be a drug dealer. Let's find out whether or not he's a drug dealer. So that's why you need to prove where your funds are from. And if you can't, because you maybe mined your Bitcoin 10 years ago, this is hard. This is then this become well, then maybe you can do with chain analysis and everything. But it's the, the point is it's very um it's very this big effort behind this. Uh when it's not over when you have your couple of bitcoins because to actually pay for stuff in the in the fiat world there's a big big hoops to to jump that's what i just realized when we now mm. opened the broker and i think this is going to be a big discussion in the next couple of months and years yeah I, I think so i think in the interim it's a big discussion uh, because we still live in a fiat world and the only way it gets solved is when we move when fiat basically doesn't exist and goodness knows how long that might take because uh, fiat's <laughs> going to exist in the form of central bank digital currencies right uh and um the governments are going to come they're going to seek you know, the governments are going to government, right? They're going to rent seek. And if you are buying a big purchase uh, with your Bitcoin. Um, they want to have control over everything you do. Yeah. Every transaction you do. If it comes a little too big, then it's of interest of them. And if you think about like Russia and China and these kind of countries, where it is very obvious that once you become a Jack mark kind of guy, right. once you become too rich, you're on the radar. And you you basically get controlled and fucked, uh, but that this happens in the Western world as well, kind of mm -hmm. is not that much known. But like, if you become very wealthy in a way that the government doesn't like, then they just they just regulate you. They just regulate and control the shit out of you. It'd be funny if you know, like, uh, we're we're just plebs hashing yeah. this out right like the true billionaires like uh, listening to this probably shaking their heads like these guys have no fucking clue how to like, manage <laughs> uh, and and they're right you know and uh they're i remember right. i remember saying to uh sailor once like you know we, there's a lot of plebs gonna need education about this uh because mm -hmm. like you know he's not thinking the way the same way we're thinking right he's probably thinking screw that i would find like switzerland's a perfect place you find that company, that Bitcoin company that has opened up probably over the next three to five years where you just walk in with your hardware wallet and, uh, you know, you, you can prove the amount of funds that are on that wallet and borrow against it uh, and leave some in a multi-sig as uh, collateral. You take out the fiat or the CBDC, whatever it is at that stage, and then you use that to go and transact um, and, you know, enter into a, a debt structure or finance structure with, um, with whoever and mm -hmm. um rather than own the thing outright um that's more like the plane of thought that these guys go on whereas yeah. the plebs are like right that house is half a million ah it's half a coin there you go <laughs> like no <laughs> i think we got to get out of that mode of thinking yeah we will need middlemen that connects uh, the old to the new world, unfortunately. 100%. And it will be built in, in Switzerland, I, I swear. Like, you know, the private banking legacy culture there is, is of such high standing. You know, where's that white glove service where you turn up, you fly into Switzerland, uh, you know, you're picked up in the limo and you're taken to the, you know, you speak to the, um, the, the account manager, the personal relationship manager, whatever it is, but it's just purely Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. 
and the services totally. on the other side, you know, infinite. Because mm -hmm. you're walking in with the most pristine collateral, what you can access on the other side of that, any fiat currency you want, any commodity you want, um, they will be the ones that would put that together and use their contacts. Mm -hmm. And um, th this this has to happen. Like th this mm -hmm. is, you, you you know, banking has to change and it will change for the better. And it will be, a, mm -hmm. it will be back to like, you know, it will turn it all up again. It won't turn it upside down. It will right the boat. It will be back to pure customer relationship management and serving the customer and trying to add them value rather than just rent seeking of them, which is what we've all grown up with. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, it's starting to happen also because these Bitcoin millionaires and billionaires are becoming richer and richer. And they will build this. Either they will find or they will go out and build the solutions that they need. Mm -hmm. They will build their family offices. They will build their private banks to exactly offer these things to themselves, but then also to others. I know a guy who, yeah, we had this guy on, um, on our podcast. Uh, his name is Yusuf Dutfan. He's uh, in, in 2011, he bought his, his first Bitcoin and he never sold. And, you know, this kind of story, we, we all know these stories, but he actually is one of the very few who never, ever sold any Bitcoin. And so obviously he's thinking rich. He is also in a public information and he is now uh, setting up his own family office just right. because of, I think this, just because of this problem that he kind of had a hard time to get a connection to the fiat world he can't just go out and buy a yacht even though he had the money but he you know he, he needs to have an, an army of bankers and lawyers to figure things out in between and he said you know what you know what i'm just gonna gonna open my own family office and, and employ all these people <laughs> they they are doing this for him now and then at one point there will be institutions that will do this also for others yeah it's mad to think mate let's say for just for example, somebody out there, one of the original gangsters, one of the OGs, is sitting on a billion dollars at today's <laughs> price. Yeah. That could be two bill come February. Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. So and yeah, start, the need the need is pressing. Buying. Yeah, yeah, the need is pressing. And they do start, I mean, this is really the new elite, which I find so fascinating. Because these were they were the nerds ten years ago, and ten years from now they will be the absolute elite uh, in terms of wealth. And now they are starting to buy fucking castles and 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 islands. You know, <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. I'm by the way, I'm not even close to be one of them. Just, <laughs> but I think it, I think it's fascinating to to talk about these things because uh, it shows us how the world will change. It's not only the Bitcoin price going up; it's all the things that are related to it from a societal point of view, it will all change. It needs to. Yes, it certainly does. And, you know, if I think about like our original conversation, this is how you built your business, right? Out of necessity, because friends and family were asking you, how do we buy Bitcoin? And it was just too difficult for them. And you kind of ended up being their like their broker and whatever. You're like, why don't I just build a company that, you know, serves these people instead of me being the guy down the pub trying to, help everybody out and set out their wallets and, you yeah. know, send them a little bit of dust here and there. Uh, right. It's like the Unchained guys, you know, that that's how Multisig came around at um, Unchained because mm -hmm. Nick, um, yeah, is a uh, Dhruv and um, 
and uh, Joe, well, and then Parker and and uh, Phil and the guys. Well, we really like this. Let's build it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, these 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 services will come. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, so will Bitcoin Air, and we can all fly around uh, on Bitcoin planes and get away from commercial air travel. That seems to be the biggest bugbear with people at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, anyway, exciting times ahead. Uh, uh, I don't remember the answer to the last question from you before. I don't mm-hmm. know if you do. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? There have been some people who are, have been orange pilled lately, which I thought was cool. Um, Hmm. <clears throat> the other three board members I'm getting... <laughs> I would I would give one to whoever the boss is I actually don't know which is uh, which is um, embarrassing but the, the the kind of the boss of the Swiss National Bank because they really don't seem to be interested at all. Uh, and I think they should, because the whole country, even up to uh, the highest uh, government um, committee, like our Bundesrat the, the, and the parliament, and like it, it, it has come up to the highest level of politics in Switzerland, but it has not reached, uh, the virus has not reached the SNB at all, at least to my uh from my perspective not i mean i'm obviously not deep down in, in this network but i would orange pill them and, and make them like publicly going out and we do embrace bitcoin and we consider bitcoin uh, as as at least part of the investment of our national you know nations funds and also pension funds and, and uh, even consider it as the the kind of uh, central bank currency uh, kind of thing and also there, I think we're on the same topic again, there are, there are initiatives now, and they're very under the radar in the official yet. There are in the initiatives in the Swiss Bitcoin community that uh, some Bitcoiners are trying to, um, I don't know if, you should, if, I, if I should say that, I'm really maybe too transparent sometimes, but I'm just going to do it. Uh, so some of uh, the Bitcoiners in Switzerland will at one point buy some shares of the SNB because that's actually possible. You can you can buy shares of the SNB as like every pleb in Switzerland can do. And then if you have a big enough group that all own shares and you have a say <laughs> in these kind of things, and it can actually influence them or at least propose uh, things like, hey, we should consider Bitcoin as this and that, you know, as as an SNB. And then the SNB is actually obliged to at least consider it and you know do do the analysis and then document and present the reason why they do or they do not do things like that. And it is, it's just a one way of, of putting pressure. So I think that whole community that is building and that is getting more and more wealthy and powerful is just going to create the world of tomorrow as Bitcoiners will see it. Then that's just one aspect of it. We will. We are not only influencing individuals and and uh, institutionals and companies. We will uh, influence nations and uh, central banks uh, and everything. Yeah, totally. There's no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. Um, this this is inevitable. It's it's happening. It's uh, amazing to be along for the ride. And 
thanks as always for uh, for sharing everything thank you for coming on the show and and the support and more importantly thank you for building what you've you've built and uh long may it last and uh, i really hope to uh to see you guys prosper and um going into next year it's going to be wild wild ride hell yeah looking forward to it thank you very much for having me on again daniel and talk to you soon bro thank you take care brother Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you again, Julian, for coming on the show and supporting the show from as early as you did. Really appreciate that. It's so great to hear what is going on at Relay and how you're growing and progressing and, you know, shooting the shit, thinking about uh, what's going to come next and, you know, the, the other um, kind of services that you might be looking to add. It's uh, It's great to pick your brain and thank you for being so open and There you go, plebs. If you are based in Europe, here's a great app to go and check out. Relay. Go and hit relay.ch forward slash bitten and uh, start your DCAing. Fiat cost averaging. Why do I keep forgetting that? God damn it. Anyway, thanks again for coming on, brother. Really appreciate it. Now, if you're across the pond in the States, you're lucky you have your relay equivalent. You've got swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten to start stacking with and um, building into the future, the Bitcoinized future that is looming. Make sure you're stacking away. Also, please take care of your stack. Use the Bitbox 02 hardware wallet. It's a Bitcoin only wallet. It's by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash Bitten or use Bitten at checkout for 5% discount on everything in your basket. And finally, it's the conference. It's the big one. It's where we all want to be as Bitcoiners in April on Miami Beach, hanging out with the plebs, having a great time. Go get your tickets at the conference. There is going to be a 10% discount on all tickets if you use the code BITTEN at checkout. That is across all tickets. And please take into consideration these are all transferable and they are refundable at the value that you buy them if you're unable to travel due to COVID regulations. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you on the next one.